That offertory was was beautiful. Uh, thank you for that. I uh, thank you, Pastor, also for the opportunity to preach and in church. Uh, uh, my family and I are very um, happy to be here, and we're grateful um, to just be a part of the church here and and serve uh, our Lord and uh, pray for me. Um, I definitely have uh, butterflies. They said one of the uh, hardest things to do is public speak. And um, boy, I, I heard a preacher one time. He said. Uh, I have butterflies, but you pray for me that soon they'll be flying in formation. So, uh, you know, you can pray for that at least, and I'll try to speak slow. But I did write some verses down, so I might just quote them, I might just say them. Uh, you might want to just grab a pen and write it down. And if I need to slow down, just go like this real quick. And, uh, um, all right, look at your uh, Bibles, Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. I love this verse tonight. I want to dive into it a little bit and hopefully encourage us to make good choices, good choices. It's Proverbs 22, look at verse number 1. Proverbs 22, verse number 1. It says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, for being good to us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence among us. And for, Father, we pray, Lord, as we open your word, Lord, that you would magnify it, that you would... Um, Really just help it to, to imprint our hearts, Lord. Help us, Lord, to apply it. Help us, Lord, to be a hunger and thirst for your word. And, Lord, may it change us. May it make a difference in our lives. I was, as I was studying this, Lord, you know, more things just kept coming up. More thing, And it was just a, a blessing, and I'm grateful. So please, Lord, bless the hour to come in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now that doesn't mean I'm going to preach for an hour. Okay, just so you know. Um, but so a good name, a good name and loving favor. So there's, it seems like there's two separate things. Is rather to be chosen than great riches and silver and gold. Uh, notice first the contrast. Notice first the contrast. I would propose to you that a good name and loving favor are connected, but they are distinct. Loving favor will give you a good name, and a good name will give you loving favor. For example, um, when someone praises the Lord for something you did to help them out, that could... Um, you know, give you a good name, but also it's the Lord giving you favor for somebody to even say that about us. Because we know we can do nothing apart from the Lord, right? So they're connected. We should have a, a reputation as a Christian, should we not? But um, honest, hardworking, you know, the normal things, uh, punctual, full of good works. The Bible says we are to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. In other words, if God doesn't blow on the things that we do, they don't mean anything. In fact, they'll be burnt up, the Bible says, but um, there's no benefit to it. It's wasted. And I'll tell you what, I've wasted enough time. I've wasted enough opportunity in my life, and I don't want that. Um, the way I'm seeing this, though, this verse here, I want to I highlight it, and I hope it'll, it'll make sense to you. Um, I'm seeing it as that a good name is, is man word, and a loving favor, obviously, is God word. So, so as we're going through this, try to think of that, how it applies to each situation. We'll look at some Bible verses um, in a minute, but um, I've heard it said this. I've heard it said that uh, we shouldn't be concerned with what people think, you know, uh, only with what God thinks. And that sounds right. I mean, it sounds, it could be noble. We don't know uh, where people are when they say that, but um, have you ever heard the statement that we have an audience of one, the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Yes. But there's also more people here tonight, okay? Um, 
I would agree that our primary motivation is the love of Christ. I would agree with that. Um, as long as it's also true, if, if we have God that's, uh, who's preeminent in our hearts and in our lives, the rest will be right. The rest will follow. A good name comes when, when we're right with God. And loving favor also comes with that. Um, that doesn't mean that people also won't say anything bad about you. Um, remember what Peter said. He said, just don't let it be true. Okay? Don't, don't let it be true what they say. So I would, however, caution that to anyone that says that they don't care what people think. I, I understand the statement, hey, look, I, I, I'm more concerned with what God thinks. I'm more concerned with with how he's leading me than with what people think and trying to please people. But um, the scripture says we're, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And it says, and thy neighbor as thyself. So it's, it's the Lord first, yes, but it's also our neighbor, loving our neighbor. Now look at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Now, we don't want to overflow on the man-centered section where we're focused on, on people so much, but we'd rather uh, maximize focusing on the Lord. But there's going to be times when you have to make decisions. For example, if something might help you when, you, when, you, when you're tempted to sin, are you really doing that person good if you sin with them? No. No, you're not. So that'll help you. You say, well, you know what? I want to have a good name, so I'm not going to do that. Um, look, at, look at Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. So you see that Christ, he didn't even please himself. He, he was pleasing his neighbor. Obviously, we know he, he pleased the father. Everything that he did was was for the for the father, um, but that was a quote right here. Verse number three: "The reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me." It's a quote from Psalm sixty nine nine, and it says, "For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me." Now the word reproach means shame or disgrace. Okay, shame or disgrace. I would encourage you to read. Psalm 69, this is a prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can meditate on that and see how, how, how it's talking there. It's, it, it, it'll bless you. But let's, let's go there. Look at Psalm 69. I want to show you a couple things. Because though it is a prophecy and though it's primarily, I would say, talking about Christ, David is the one writing it, and he's going through his own things. And we go through our own things too. Look what it says in verse number, for example, verse number 4. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. How about verse number? Um, oh, it keeps going in verse number four. They that would destroy me being mine enemies wrongfully. What does that mean? He didn't do anything. It's just that's how it was. Okay, now we know that the servant is not above his Lord, right? They, they treated Christ a certain way. They. They falsely accused him. They, I mean, we know they physically beat him, tortured him, and, um, and so many more things. When you, when you read this psalm, you, you'll see. But David was also going through these things. David also had um, some reproach that he had to bear. And 
I'd encourage you to think about that. Um, he also went on and he said, Hear me, O Lord, for, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. And then verse 20, it even says, uh, Reproach hath broken my heart. Now, if you've ever uh, been reproached for the name of Christ, it can break your heart. And it will break your heart. It should. But understand that you're not the only one that's ever, that's ever happened to. That's, that's one thing that you have to know when you're going through these things. You're, you're not alone. It happened to Christ. It'll happen to you as believers. Um, it's also happened to other people in the Bible. It'll, it, it's there, and it's for a reason. It's for a reason. And we'll, we'll get there in a second. But if you've been there, you understand what it's like to have a broken heart. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. It just reiterates what I was telling you. Uh, look at verse 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. So if they did it to Christ, they're going to do it to us. Yeah. We understand that. People, people are people. I mean, God forbid we, we do it to somebody else. I mean, the tongue is a fire. I mean, it's, there's, there's things we have to be careful. Um, but let's look at some examples in Scripture that I want to highlight about a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver or gold. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, probably a very familiar passage. Remember the, the woman with the alabaster box. She came to Christ and she broke the alabaster box and poured it over him. Look at verse number six, Matthew 26, six. It says, now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wherefore, uh, Wheresoever... This gospel shall be preached in the whole world. There shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. I would say that this lady had a good name. What she did had a good name. It was, it was man word, right? I mean, obviously it was to Jesus, so it was God word. I mean, but you, you don't understand for a purpose of illustration what I'm saying. She broke this expensive alabaster box and, and, and some commentary... Some commentators say that, that it was uh, like worth 300 pence, which is a whole year's wages. Can you imagine just saying, all my wages for the year, bam, done, giving it. That's it. That's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty high thing. But a good name was rather to be chosen than great riches. She, she had the thing in the right, in a, she had her mind in the right perspective. Now, I talked to the men uh, this week and, and and that doesn't mean that God wants us to sell everything that we have and just be broke and just be, but that be careful. Just listen to how he leads you. He may tell you there are seasons when you're, when you're, when you're lower, seasons when you're higher. Um, he gives through us. He takes care of us, but he gives through us. And he, he you just have to make sure you don't want to, uh, you know, God doesn't, the health and wealth thing, the whole gospel thing, that, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Don't, don't bite into that. Um, but it goes on. Look at verse 15. Well, verse number 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, 
went unto the chief priests, and he said unto them, What will ye give me? Now, we know the name Judas. People wouldn't even name their, their kid Judas. I mean, people will name their, their kid Mary. People are, I mean, they'll name their, their, their children all these names. People will barely name their dog Judas, okay? There's a reason for that, and I wouldn't even name my dog Judas, but um, maybe my dog acts like Judas sometimes, but that's, that's a whole other <laughs> ballgame. Um, but look what he said. He said, give me. So he's about what he can get. And look, I understand. The Bible says a good man um, layeth up for his children's children. So, like I said, balance it with the scriptures. A good man's going to leave an inheritance for his children's children. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to have nothing. But if you're smart with it, if you're led by the Holy Spirit, God's going to take care of all that. Um, but in this case, it says that he had the bag, right? He was very covetous. He was, he was chasing that money. And we're going to look at a, a verse here in a minute that, that um, will show you um, the condition his heart was in. But let's go look at another one. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Dealing with Moses. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now, if you remember Moses, he was what the son of Pharaoh's daughter, right? He had everything at his disposal, worldly speaking. Um, look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, that means when he was old enough, that means when he was old enough, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And look what it says, choosing rather, choosing rather to be, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So, Moses made a choice to go with God. Now, here's the question. If you know anything, if you know your Bibles, did he do it the way God wanted him to? No. I mean, God said, you're going to be a deliverer. He said, okay. He went over there and he slew a man. And then what happened? He, he fled for his life. He ran backside of the desert. Why? He needed to go to take a discipleship class. There you go. <laughs> That's what it was. God, had to, God was trying to deal with him and grow him. But here's the thing. He still made a choice. His, his heart was right. He made a choice for God. And then God had to refine that. God had to, to work on that. Um, his failure didn't mean that he, that he didn't make the choice. Now, that's encouraging to me. Sometimes we make decisions for Christ, and then we fall on our face. We're like, man, I wish I would have stuck with it. I wish I would have done better. Look, fall forward, get up, and keep, keep going. Make the choice again. Just make sure that that good choice that you first made, you're making that same one. Just keep making that same good choice. Moses had to do it. Moses made the choice. He went and got disciple for 40 years in the desert, dealing with dumb sheep, right? Yeah. Then what? Came back, and God used him greatly. Yeah, that's just the way the Lord does it. Um, now, we, now we, we would say, well, that's not really what I want. I don't want to go on the backside of the desert for 40 years. But I bet you at the end of Moses' life, he said it was worth it. I, maybe betting isn't right, okay? But um, <laughs> you understand. You understand. So he chose God over the throne in Egypt. That's a huge thing. All the temptation, all the, the monetary things that come with that, he chose God. His name and the reproach. Remember we read that in Psalm 69 and, and, and uh, Romans 15. He esteemed. That means he, 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 he looked at, he said it was more valuable. 
He was more valuable. The reproach of Christ was more valuable. Um, what I, one thing I love too is, well, I, I'll get to that. Um, so here, he was, he was willing. Moses was, was willing first. Then he continued to be willing. He made choices. Um, but by the way, your choices affect others, right? Our choices always affect others. Now, by the grace of God, he, he, the Lord really looks out for us. We make bad choices, and God says, okay, look, let's, let's have forgiveness. Let's clean this thing up, and let's get it right, and let's not keep repeating that same thing, right? Let's, let's push on and not keep holding on, keep letting this stuff weigh us down. Let's, let's, let's go on. Um, it says he's going to complete the work he starts in us, um, but, but the choices. Remember the young man that was always with Moses and served him? What was his name? Joshua, right? Remember what Joshua said in Joshua 24? He said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See that? So he, he made a choice. And then Joshua saying, here, look, make a choice. But it's a daily choice. It's not just a one-time thing that you have to do. You just have to daily choose the Lord, daily spend time with the Lord. Put on, or walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's, it's a choice. Uh, we were talking about it uh, Friday night, too. When you do right, you know what happens? You're not doing wrong. You're not doing wrong when you're doing right. So that's, it's, it's such a helpful thing. Look at Moses in verse 25. It says that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. That season could be a couple years, a couple months, and I never thought about it until I was studying this, um, but that season could be a moment, a fleeting thought. It could be a, 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 um, some anger that just kind of, boom, just comes out, right? Don't choose long or short seasons of sin. Stay with the Lord. Just choose Christ. Choosing rather. Um, that's what Moses is doing. And, and I, I know we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I look in the mirror every day. But we're, we're striving. We're trying. You know, that's the goal. Uh, a good name is rather to be chosen. We do have a choice. God gave us a choice. He gave us free will. We, we, we are um, free moral agents. God doesn't put us down and, and make us do anything. Now, sometimes we say we wish he would. Um, but, but God is too good for that, okay? Um, Moses chose to suffer affliction, and get this, with the people of God, which, by the way, is choosing God. So many people want to separate that, the people of God from God. They say, well, that's, that's, that's for them, that's not for me. Did you know that not going to church, not being with the people of God is sin? Right. It's true. It's true. Um, not being in church won't help you to have a good name. Now, you want to be in a good church, you want to be in a right church, and all those things, I get it. But God set it up. God set the church up to help us. Remember, Ephesians says that it's going to, for, for edification, so that we can um, come, uh, be unified. We can be together. So, you may say, what do I do to encourage folks in my family to come? Well, number one, pray. Number one, pray. Ask God for wisdom and opportunity to what? To shine. Right? When they see something that's different, they're going to be attracted to it. But the problem is we have so much Christianity that's not different. Now, that's not a slap at you guys. I've had it myself, and it's, 
it's not something I'm, um, it's something I, I, I don't even know the right word. It's just repulsive to me. Um, some choices I made, but, uh, you may say this, my besetting sin doesn't have anything to do with money. So when we're saying a good name is rather to be chosen and the contrast is great riches or loving favor and the contrast is silver and gold, you might say my stuff, you know, the thing I struggle with or whatever doesn't have anything to do with money. Well, Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's look at this. I want to show you something too. I was thinking about that. Because the scriptures are true, right? Yeah. Look what it says. Verse number 10. First Timothy 6, 10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. So it seems like right there there's a definition. The love of money is. <laughs> so anytime the Bible does that, it, isn't it so helpful? Right? God is love. <laughs> God is holy. God is light. There's so many things that are defined for us in the scriptures if we, just, if we just let God show us. But the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. That's talking about a brother or a sister. And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Now I said, but thou, O man of God, flee those things. But so here's the thing. I would propose to you that these other sins, like lust, like anger, are connected to the love of money. You might say, in what way? Well, Luke 12, 34 says this, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So out of the abundance of the heart, right, we know the mouth speaks. Out of, out of our hearts are all these evil things. Okay, so if our hearts are not right with God and money is a telltale sign, okay, our hearts are not right with God, what's going to happen? We're going to be falling into all kinds of stuff. Okay, so one way, you know, in the past, uh, Sarah and I have have talked about it and we've been like, well, we think God is telling us this. So we just said we're just going to double it (laughs) just to be on the safe side, you know, and praise the Lord. That's all. That's just fun to us. But it's it's also it's also it builds your confidence. It helps you to, when you know you're, hey, my heart's good with the Lord. I, I'm not holding on to this stuff. This, he's, just, he's just passing through, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, sometimes I'll, I won't tell anybody. I won't even tell Sarah. I mean, I know we're supposed to talk and all that. We'll pray about that in a little bit. Yeah, just- <laughs> uh, I'll tell her later. <laughs> but but it, I, I call it a heat check. And I'll just, Lord will say, you know, what's in your hand? You say Throw it down. Okay? So that's just other stuff, right? Talk to the Lord about it yourself. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. I think I missed one. Oh, so talking about these other sins. What do you do when a when a man, what do you do when a pretty lady comes on to you? Yeah. What do you do? If they're all if these things are connected and we have to fight these things to keep our good name, to keep our or to build our good name, or to rebuild our good name, whatever it is, um, what do you do? Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Proverbs says that, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. 2 Corinthians uh, 6.18 says this, Flee fornication. Now, let me show you something in Genesis. And we'll start winding it up. Genesis chapter 39. Look at verse number 11. Genesis chapter 39. Look at verse number 11. If you're going to have a good name, you're going to have to make choices. 
If you're going to have loving favor, you're going to have to make choices. Now, for God, for God, but also to people. It'll help you if, you, if, you're, if you're minded that way and you say, you know what? This person wants me to do this. They want me to go in with them on a faulty business deal. It seems like, man, we can really, we can get ahead. Nobody's really going to know. Nobody's going to, but you're sacrificing your good name. It's not worth it. Um, same thing with loving favor. We know anytime we, our testimonies ruin it, we're, we're messing up our, our, our walk with God, and that's not what we want. Look at, look at Genesis 39, look at verse 11. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him, that's the lady of the house, by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. That's what you got to do. Look, if you, if you sit there and look at sin too long, it's going to bite you. Can you hold fire in your bosom and not be burned? No. Um, so what if I told you this verse right here, by him fleeing, was loving favor. Better yet, the result of him doing right was going was gonna to give him loving favor. You'd say, well, yeah, I, that would make sense. If you do right, you, you get out of a situation that would lead you into sin, um, man, God's going God's gonna to give you favor. Well, look what happens. Look at verse 13. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. That's a lie. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to, she kept saying that too. She knew the truth. Uh, and it came to pass when his master heard these words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did, this, did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Of course, of course. But notice that he said his servant. That's what Joseph was. He was a servant to this man. And that, that probably made it harder. Probably hurt, hurt, hurt Potiphar. You know? uh, if Potiphar knew anything, he knew that his house was blessed. Because of Joseph, because Joseph was a man of God. So that just imagine that shock. Some of you know what things like that feel like, and it's, it's hard. Look at verse 21. Well, look at verse, verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But here you go. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he showed him mercy and gave him favor. Same thing, loving favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Now, that doesn't mean that he was the warden, okay? He was not, but he was calling shots, okay? The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. See that? So he had loving favor in prison. Now, would we choose that? I mean, let's be honest. Would we choose that? That's what the scripture is commanding us. Proverbs 22. <laughs> I had to think about that. Um, you remember when Christ said, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. It's the same way for us. I mean, if we're honest, we just say, I don't want that. You know, I don't, I don't want to go to a, to a prison and, and be beaten and starved for 14 years because of my faith. But is that God's choice for me? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's coming. We don't, we don't know what, what, what the future holds. What about, and it's, it's a smaller scale in our eyes, but it's not. But what about, um, my family rejecting me? What about that? Would you be willing to bear that reproach for Christ? I mean, you're, I'm talking about doing right, doing right. And then you still get that. Um, that's a hard thing. We wouldn't choose that, but you say, nevertheless, Lord, nevertheless. How about, how about your job promote, or demoting you? Right. Saying, hey, listen, man, you're, you're, too, you're too Christian, man. You've got you to compromise a little bit around here. Uh, I mean, that's the way it is, okay? Uh, that's what the world does. Um, here's the thing. I don't want any of those things, right. but I'd rather have Christ. Amen. So I'd rather have a Christianity that's real. I'd rather um, one that's distinct, one where Christ can be seen. Uh, I, I want to know the presence of Christ wherever I am. And whatever it ends up looking like, he'll give us grace. He will. Um, nobody likes suffering. I mean, that's just honest. But remember the apostles in Acts 5 when they were beat for healing a man? They didn't do wrong. They, they healed a man. And you know what they said? They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame which is another word for reproach, for his name. That's the Christianity I want. Okay? I don't want hardship, but if it comes, that's the Christianity I want. Okay? Now, Joseph was misunderstood. We understand that. Joseph, his old family sold him into slavery. He, remember Jephthah, his family life wasn't good. They told him, get out. You know? But these men and others didn't get bitter. They got better through the situation. They let the grace of God work. God was preparing them for his purpose. Now, God has a wonderful purpose for everybody in here. He, he's, not, he's a gentleman. He will not force you, but he has a purpose in this room, a great purpose, better than anything you could ask or think. I promise that. Um, scripture says that. But here's the thing. I am sure it was hard when they're, when they're going through that, when they have to make those choices. We still have this, this flesh. Joseph's in Potiphar's house. He's doing his best, and then he gets falsely accused. Have you ever been falsely accused? It's tough. It's tough. Or what about Jephthah's family coming to him after they kicked him out and they want help? You know, in your flesh, you're going to be like, huh, I don't think so. You get down the road. Well, you humble yourself and you say, you know what? Okay, I'll help you. I'll do what I can. No problem. It's not about me. This life is not my own, right? Bought with a price. This is Christ that's living in me. What about when Joseph interpreted the baker and the butler's dreams and said, hey, hey, don't forget about me? And they did. You can, you can get to the point where you're like David in Psalm 13.1. He said, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Or Psalm 74.10, O God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Remember the, the saints that were martyred for the faith? They're under the throne, under the altar there in Revelation 5. And they said, how long, Lord? You know, how long before you, you know, you, you, uh, you know, pay back our enemies? How long? It's a real response. It's a normal emotion. 
I could say this too. God would, God could respond saying, how long will I be with you? Uh, how long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? Uh, he just, thank God he doesn't. I mean, he says that in his word, but he deals with us. He brings his little children along. Amen. He, he knows best. Do you see that he is the potter and we are the clay? He wants us to trust him. Uh, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Choose a good name and loving favor. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. Remember this, the Christian life is about doing the will of God. It's not about thou shall not. It's about thou shalt. If we're doing right, we will not be doing wrong. And the same trials that God uses to refine us, the same ones the enemy will use to attack us, to try to, try to get us to doubt that God's in control. Don't, don't doubt that God is in control. Amen? Amen. Pastor.